answer. <clears throat> Thinking is the choice not to accept no thought and all that seems to be the effect of no thought. Boy, that first sentence by itself is um, a booger. <laughs> it says quite a bit. It says quite a bit to me now. I don't know if it said that much to me when I wrote this. But if we look at just this first sentence again before we move on, thinking, okay, the act of thinking is a choice. Whoops, Jamie still wants love. What's up, Jamie? Are you hungry? Go tell Jasmine. Jasmine, I think she might be hungry. She keeps hitting my arm with her nose. Go tell Jasmine. She'll feed you. There we go. Now, <laughs> now Jamie's happily running off to eat. Okay, here we go. Thinking is the choice. So th the act of thinking is a choice. And here's what we are choosing when we choose to think. It is a choice not to accept no thought. Or we could say a choice not to accept stillness. It is a choice not to accept no thought and it is a choice not to accept all that seems to be the effect of no thought, which would be things like peace, happiness, joy. So thinking is a choice not to accept no thought and all that seems to be the effect of no thought. When one chooses to think, one chooses to be a separate identity. Of course, this is never possible as there is no separate identity, but one chooses the experience and the belief in this possibility, and so one chooses to know an illusory identity for itself. And I see several people have entered the room, so I'm just going to take a moment to give you all the link to the message I am reading. There you are. But Holy Spirit is being very clear, first of all, about what thinking is. Thinking is the choice to believe that we are separate from the whole, that we act separately from the whole. And if any of you read my post this morning, it was an answer to Ken Mallory's question, um, you'll see that this is actually... Um, the realization, I don't know if that's the right word, but the realization that came to me this morning. I had asked yesterday during um, an NTI study group here in the house, I had asked Holy Spirit to show me what I am still denying that I am not seeing. And in fact, I joked with everybody here that probably one of them was going to piss me off now <laughs> that I'd asked for this. But the funny thing to me was the entire day passed and nobody pissed me off. Um, nothing happened. Nothing showed up. Um, even though I asked that question for something to come out of denial. But then this morning what happened is I woke up with a feeling of what I'm going to call low-grade fear, a low-grade fear, not, you know, an excruciating fear, but just a low-grade fear. But fear is fear. It doesn't matter if it's a seeming low-grade undercurrent or not. So remembering, of course, that I had asked for whatever I'm denying to be brought to my attention, um, I paid attention to that low-grade fear, and I asked what is causing the fear. And the first thing that came to mind is actually a story in the world. So it wasn't the true cause, but this is where 
it often starts. It, it's a story. I've been asked to um, go to Israel um, as a teacher um, during a tour of Israel next September. And it looks like it's about an 11-day trip. And it looked like the fear, the low-grade fear, was around the idea of this trip. And as I looked at it a little more, I saw that there were ideas in my mind that the trip was expensive. Um, it's $2,500 um, for the tour plus airfare. Actually, that's not really expensive for an overseas trip. I've taken more expensive overseas tours. So it's not really that it's expensive for what we're getting for the money. But when I know the pocketbooks of a lot of my friends, I know that that would be a lot of money to them and that they might not have the money to go on this trip. And so the fear seemed to be that my friends won't be able to afford this trip. And then there was also a, a sense of responsibility that the man who asked me to lead this trip is expecting me to um, attract passengers. <laughs> and that because it's too expensive for my friends, that won't happen. And there was a feeling like I needed to do something. I needed to fix this. I need to make sure that people show up on this tour. Um, but that's the story, and I know that the real fear is never at the level of story, but sometimes the story needs to be seen first. So then I asked, um, okay, so what's underneath this? And what I saw immediately was, you know, what we can call the belief in separation. That's absolutely what it is. It's the belief in separation, the belief that I am not a part of the whole, uh, that I am separate, I am alone, therefore I must be the doer. I must get things done. Um, if I don't, somehow it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be right. And, of course, I'm bad um, because I did not accomplish what was meant to be accomplished. So this whole belief that I am the doer um, was under this. And I was very, very grateful to see this. And, in fact, later in a conversation with Bill Free, I got even more clarity around this. But I got more clarity that, you know, as you guys know, if you know me at all, you know that I live my life trusting Holy Spirit. You know, when I am guided to take a specific step, make a specific change in my life, you know, I do it in trust. But what I realized in conversation with Bill Free is that trust is not the same as knowing. Trusting God, trusting Holy Spirit, trusting all things work together for good is not the same as knowing. So if I have been living on trust, then what that really means is there's still an undercurrent of doubt. There's an undercurrent of doubt. And this is what is showing up through this undercurrent fear now. There's still this doubt of the wholeness, the oneness, the perfection. Um, there's this fear that what I must be is the doer in order to accomplish. So this is what I'm looking at now. But if we go back to this particular message now, Holy Spirit is saying, how do we make the choice to have this perception that we are a separate individual, that we are not a part of the whole, that we are alone and separate, and therefore we're going to have to do and accomplish and, and all of that. How do we make that decision? Um, is this a decision we made eons ago and we're just stuck with? <laughs> and based on what Holy Spirit is telling us in this paragraph, that's not the case. Every time we choose to start thinking, we are making that same decision again. Every time we start to think, 
Start thinking, how am I going to accomplish this, for example? How am I going to make this work? What am I going to do? Every time we start thinking, we are exercising the choice to believe that we are separate, the individual doer. So again, the first paragraph. Thinking is the choice not to accept no thought and all that seems to be the effect of no thought. When one chooses to think, one chooses to be a separate identity. Of course, this is never possible as there is no separate identity. But one chooses to experience, chooses the experience and the belief in this possibility. And so one chooses to know an illusory identity for itself.